Good morning and welcome to another Hibs Observer post-match debrief with myself, Liam Bryce, joined as always by Patrick McPartland. Hello. Um, there's a kind of distinctly familiar flavour <laughs> again to our, our morning discussion, our post-match discussion, whatever you want to call it. Um, as Hibs 2-0 draw at St Mirren last night, um, which, you know... Can I, in a lot of context, isn't a bad result, but in the current climate uh, and obviously in the context of the game itself, um, it feels like another kick in the teeth uh, for Nick Montgomery, his players and, of course, the supporters. Uh, Patrick and I were there last night. Uh, so Patrick, what was your, what's your overriding feeling um, after that game last night? Um, yeah, I think, I think one of deja vu um, to begin with. I think we've seen this game play out so much um, for him recently, not not even just under Nick Montgomery, but just under previous managers as well, where everything seems to be going quite well, and then the other team goes and spoils it. And I think I think it's natural when you've got a new manager in place like Hibs have. I know it's been sort of eight league games, ten games overall, but I think it's maybe last night maybe sort of highlights the the scale of the job facing him. I think that. Um, I think there was a lot of good. There was a lot of good stuff last night. Certainly, a lot of scintillating attacking play. Um, they knocked the ball around really well at the back, and you know, it's. I know we keep saying this, but again, Hibs keep doing this. It is fine margins. Um, you look at you know that Josh Campbell chance early in the second half that Zach Kevin gets a hand to. If that's if that's Dylan Benta or if Campbell hits it earlier, maybe that's another goal. Um, you know, and, and Hibs are in a better position, and. There's bodies flying when Lewis Jameson scores the winner, and you know it really could have gone anywhere. So it feels it feels a little bit like things maybe aren't going um, Hibs way at the moment. But you know, and it's it does sound like a bit of a cop out, but you know there are there are certainly improvements in in the way they're playing. I thought they I thought they looked sharp last night after the disappointment of Saturday. When I thought I think we said at the time they looked quite lethargic, quite kind of. Um, heavy legged at times, but I think you know there was a lot, a lot to like about last night. They're you know a couple of minutes away from getting what will be a very good three points at a difficult venue against a team who you know have performed really well so far this season. Um, maybe haven't had the plaudits they uh, they deserve for for their form. Um, but yeah, I think it, it boils down to the fact that you know Nick Montgomery badly needs badly needs points. I think. Um, you know, last night, I think, you know, and it's 2-1 Hibs, St Mirren are throwing bodies forward. Hibs are chucking everything in the way of, you know, every shot, trying to stop, you know, anything on target. You think it was a horrible kind of nagging feeling that I know where this is going. I've seen this movie before and, you know, lo and behold, Lewis Jameson pops up and, um, you know, St Mirren get the point. But it's... I do, I do feel they're making progress. I do think there was a lot of good things last night, and I think, you know, it comes back to it comes down to time. Uh, we've said this before. You need to give the manager time to, you know, stamp his authority on things. There is incremental progress, and you feel like they're just that, not far away from getting like a really good um, morale boosting victory. And for example, if that comes against Kilmarnock, you just think that could that could have such a powerful effect on the squad. Um, and on the players and think, right, we can hold on to a lead. We've done it. You know, let's build from this point on. But it's just how they managed to get to that stage where they're not 
sort of shipping late late equalizers um is is really the, the sort of big question for for Montgomery ahead of the weekend yeah definitely um it's I can't it is such a frustrating one to be honest um I mean you can understand a lot of the frustration that's maybe flying about in the aftermath and this morning um but it's just it's uh, something I don't think there's for me, I don't know how anybody else feels, but I think in football, sometimes there's not nothing more frustrating than watching a, a team who you feel are nearly there, that they're yeah. not far away. You know, I think because I think in football in general, it can be, especially for fans, it's it can be the hope that kills you at times. Um, but I, kind of watching this side, it really, in a lot of aspects, it doesn't feel as though they're too far away from being a good side. Um, and that can be incredibly frustrating in itself. Uh, some ways more frustrating than you know just watching a team that you know are, are hopeless because then you're almost sort of resigned to it. But I don't get that. I don't get that feeling at all with this group and with this manager and what he's trying to do. And I think you know in a lot of contexts that result last night wouldn't be a bad one. You know, away at St Mirren Wednesday night, the dead of November. Um, you know, they're a team who are not sitting third in the league for no reason. They really tend to not give much away at all um, on their home grounds. But just, you know, in the context of the run that Hibs are on, um, and then obviously the context of the game itself, you know, you're leading going into stoppage time. And you you can't be thrown away from that point, really. I think yeah. <laughs> we're, you know... We're trying to be mindful that this, you know, this is going to be a long-term thing. It's long-term improvements, incremental improvements, as you said. But and I think Nick Montgomery touched on this last night. He was asked about, you know, it is a long-term thing, you know, changing mentality, changing the way you play. But does there need to be some sort of short-term fix um, to start getting points on the board? And I think ultimately that is that is the case um, because it's at the end of the day, it's kind of the only thing that you know that truly matters um but at the same time it's you're trying to balance that up with you know seeing there was a lot of good play last night the um the second goal in particular was it was brilliant football really really good football it's exactly what you know you you want fans are wanting to see um from this team it's exactly you know what you can see Montgomery is trying to drill into them um the first goal as well I know there was a mistake from uh, Alex Gogic, but you know the play before that. You know it's a really good pass from Levitt straight into Abita. That's what he gives you um, that kind of forward thinking. This um, and then Vente does really well to set it up for Campbell, who's you know who's shown that again that he you know he's not a much of a look in so far, but he doesn't know where the goal is. Um, yeah, so again, it's just it's one of those those games that I just I find it hard to come to. You know, a firm conclusion either way because there was a lot of it was encouraging, but at the same time, you, you know, it's you can't be <laughs> can't keep you know throwing away points when you're in such a position of strength. Um, if we could even just come to the you know the St. Mirren goals, the first one obviously it's a penalty. Uh, and Montgomery again, sort of frustrated with the well, he was frustrated with the non intervention of VAR, um, for Dylan Venti's penalty shout at the weekend. Um, and he was quite clear in what he thought of this one. It's Jordan Abita. He's it looked to me as if he's panicked a wee bit. Um, Taylor's got a run on him um, across the towards the front post, and it's almost just like when it's like a reflex. You know, he's he's kind of panicked, grabbed the guy's shirt, and he's 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 um, he's hit the deck. Um, what did you make of it? It's it's one of those incidents where 
you know, I mean, there's, there's kind of two issues here. One is when you're when you're watching a game from the press box like we do, you're obviously trying to take in every single aspect of the game. When there is a VAR review, you're sitting there, you don't have any idea what's happening. You think, what was that for? Like, what are they checking? You sort of, you, you know, you sometimes get the announcer, you get the big screen saying, you know, VAR review for possible, you know, penalty for, well, I think for penalty for handball, maybe sometimes, or offside. But there is that element of not really knowing what's going on. Um, and you, you're sort of trying to guess. And obviously, you know, nine times out of ten, you're not getting the benefit of a replay in the in the moment. So it's very difficult to, to try and work out what's happened. I think in terms of the incident last night, I think Nick Montgomery had the nail on the head. Um, when he, I mean, it's, I've seen it back. I think, yes, it probably is a penalty. I think it's a daft one to give away. But at the same time, we see this happening at just about every corner in every game in the Cinch Premiership every week, every midweek. And Nick Montgomery is saying, if you're given penalties for that, then you need to give them all the time and you're going to get 10 or 11 penalties a day. Uh, a game, sorry. And I think I think Lee Johnson said the same thing um, when there was a sort of similar, similar penalty given. So, you know, it, it comes down to just that consistency. You think, you know, yes, it's a penalty, but... If you're going to punish that in one game, you need to punish it in every game, and you need to punish it every time it happens. It's um, you know should should it be should it be have been more clever? Yes, he probably should have. I think you're right when you say there was an element of panic, um, but at the same time, I think you know you see you see instances like that every week, home and away, and I think more often than not, they're not given. So I think you can understand you can understand Montgomery's frustra- uh, frustration. Um, not so much with the fact that the penalty was was given because I think I think I mean he did he alluded to the fact that he felt it was soft but I think you know when you see it back and you see what penalties are given for I think mm-hmm. you know it's it's pretty clear cut for me you can't do that and give the referee a decision to make I know that's a cliche but you know it's it's you know it's just the way these things go and you know if if you're lucky to, if you're lucky enough to get away with it great but if you're the one that doesn't get away with it then you know you give away a penalty and in last night's case a goal so yeah it's 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 one of those situations where i mean Obita could do that in another game and get away with it yeah with that. um so there's maybe a there's maybe an element of it, of him being unlucky and that it's been seen um but also an element of of daftness to to do it in the first place knowing that there's var knowing that there is always a chance that you're going to get done um you know by by the sort of replays and and yeah that's that's what's happened it's um you know it's a sore one to take but you know i think i think nick montgomery probably had the nail on the head last night where he's saying you know if you're given one of them you're going to be given several penalties a game if you're you know remaining consistent um but i'm not sure we'll see that happening somehow <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. It's the, it's the inconsistency of application that um, can I think is frustrating fans. Not just not just Hibs fans, but you know, kind of supporters across the board. People are constantly left, you know, sort of confused, baffled by you know when it chooses to intervene, when it chooses not to intervene. I think you know, just on a general point in VAR, I just I just feel as if it's become 
you know, and I know it's easy for us to sit here and talk about this when a decision's gone against Hibs, um, but just for maybe you know a bit of context, I wasn't sure. I know what Nick Montgomery was adamant at the weekend, and, but I wasn't sure it was a penalty on Dylan Venti. Um, but you know, just in a kind of broader context, it's VR has just become this kind of all-encompassing presence. You know, it's it's it was. My understanding of it, maybe I was completely wrong, is when it first came in, it would be something that would be in the background to be used in kind of cases of, you know, really bad mistakes, really things that were, you know, glaring errors that had been missed. Um, clear obvious. Yeah, clear and obvious, yeah. I'm sick of, sick of saying that, um, that phrase. Uh, but it's just, it's... It just seems to be hanging over every element of the game. I, th- I, th- I feel like every game I've watched in the past almost week or so, the, the main talking point coming away from it has been VAR. Um, yeah. With the Hibs game the weekend there, uh, I watched Chelsea Tottenham. Uh, there was a couple of interventions there. I don't know if anybody saw that. Uh, you're talking about it again. Um in the, the Celtic Atletico Madrid game, I watched a bit of Man United in Copenhagen when I came home last night, and again it was VAR was all over that. So it's just it seems to be dominating every game at the moment. But I mean, I can probably sit here and complain about it as much as I like, but I think it's probably too late to roll back the clock on it completely. Um, but it would be nice to see it, you know, applied less, you know, kind of liberally. Uh, less for you know every single incident, re referee in every single moment of the game because I think it's just in terms of it being a spectacle. It was you know we were kind of whole stadium was sitting last night for a good few minutes wondering exactly um, you know what the penalty check was for. I think I even heard somebody ask, "What end is this at?" Uh, nobody really had nobody really had much of an idea. Um, yeah, I think I think for me, like as far as I'm concerned, with I mean. I, you know, we could do this every single time uh, we do a post-match video, but it comes to VAR, like, I think one of the things people love about sport is that element of chance and not knowing what's going to happen. And, you know, ultimately, if you're, you you cannot make sport perfect, which is obviously what, you know, it's almost like that's what VAR is trying to do. And, I mean, I I go back to, you know, you go back to Saturday uh, at Hamden, Hibs score a goal, Hibs fans go tonto, you know, hugging your pals, there's, you know, drinks going in the air, people falling down like three or four rows and, you know, exuberance, excitement, whatever. And then after five minutes, it's like, actually, that's not a goal. And it's just like, it's it's taking it's taking so much out of the game. Um, because you, I mean, you, you kind of alluded to this, that when you go to a game and you're almost braced for, you know, the most innocuous incident to get replayed and replayed again and replayed a third time. And, you know, I mean, whether it's an offside, whether it's you know a foul, penalty, handball, whatever, I feel like we're moving away from this. Is it clear and obvious? Like if you're having to spend five or six minutes studying a replay to work out was he, you know, a whisker offside, then you know that that's kind of not really what it's there for. Mm-hmm. And I think it is it's taking away a lot of the enjoyment from the sport for um, for a lot of fans. Hear what the managers say about it. Hear what the players say about it. I think it's rare to hear somebody involved in the game speaking positively about it. Um, and obviously, I think every team's been on the end of a positive decision. But at the same time, you know, it's it's kind of interrupting the flow of the game. It's taking away the excitement. It's taking away that element of chance. And you know, 
is it's affecting games, and I don't think necessarily for the for the better. And I, the other thing I think you need to remember is we've seen some really bizarre refereeing decisions in Scottish football over the years. These same people are watching the you know the replays back on VAR. It's not you know the technology does not make it a perfect system. You know you need to have. I mean, I, I go back to to Lee Johnson's kind of rants at times last season when he was talking about referees being full time. Other managers have done the same, and you can kind of get the point that you know if you're going to have VAR, we're losing viewers so rapidly here. I'm going to move on to someone else. <laughs> I'm boring myself to be honest, but you know I think it's it, it it kind of comes down to the fact that the same people making the decisions are you know the people making bizarre calls in the past. You know having VAR. Having the technology is not going to magically make it perfect, and unfortunately, I think it is here to stay. But if it is, then yeah, I think it needs a lot of work. It needs a lot of um, a lot of tweaking for it to be, I suppose, for it to sort of sit alongside the games rather than kind of taking mm-hmm. over and being the focal point of games. Um, because that's, I mean, you know, we were talking last night in the in the press box and saying, you know, why, you know. We're, it's, it's another game and it's another question about VAR. We're bored of asking the questions. The manager and the players are bored of talking about them. Um, but, you know, it's it's obviously creating big incidents in nearly every game. And we obviously wouldn't be doing our jobs if we didn't ask about it, if we didn't bring it up. But, I mean, I think I speak for a lot of us when I say I'm, I'm kind of a bit kind of fatigued writing about VAR, talking <laughs> about VAR. Absolutely. And, you know, that, that rare occasion, like, I think that's the, ironically, the Hibson Mirren, um, Viably Cup quarterfinal, which was played without VAR, so refreshing. There's goals can go in, the fans can celebrate. You know, there's not going to be a five minute review. Like, was he slightly offside? Was there a foul in the build up? Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's just. I think it's, yeah. I think you can see why a lot of a lot of fans these days are maybe going to like local games, going to games down the divisions because there isn't VAR and it is more just sort of football in its raw sense, its raw form, and ultimately more enjoyable. I mean. You know, if your team wins two one and that winner comes via a VAR awarded penalty, then you know, fine. But you know, I think everyone's everyone's in the position of saying, you know, it's it's not really improved the game. Um so regardless of whether the decisions go your way or not, it's it's just yeah, it's it's not for me. It's it's just it's I think it's it's just become you know, every game now just seems to be a series of our incidents with a bit of football played around them, and, mm-hmm. and that's not that's not great. That's not what you want to be talking or writing about. Um, and yet here we are doing exactly that. So let's move on. Yeah, I'm sorry if we dropped out for these um, for a few seconds, folks. It seems our Wi-Fi is sick of us talking about VAR as well, which is completely understandable. Um, so yeah, well, obviously we can move on uh, to. Oh God, where do we go from here? <laughs> Oh, it's no. just, yeah, oh, I know, I know. Um, so maybe if we can maybe perhaps look at some of the more positive elements of last night. Um, I think certainly one that Nick Montgomery was keen to talk about was um, Rory Whitaker um, coming in for his first league start. Um, it was really quite effusive in his praise for him um, after the game. I think, you know, I, I don't think anybody would be really disagreeing with that. He, he didn't look out of place at all. He looks like a he looks like a kid with a bit of, you know, sort of maturity beyond these years because he 
he didn't seem again. This is one of the kind of hardest places for teams to go in the Premiership these days. I got a really good, well organised side who put you under, you know, enormous pressure, um, and he he handled it absolutely fine. I thought. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a you know youngster who turned sixteen. I think in August, he's already played you know Celtic and Rangers inside a week. Um, he's handed his first start, and he's still you know still sort of really. Really young, obviously a lot of a lot of improvement needed. But I think the big thing for me is that you know Montgomery obviously trusts him to to start him not only in a, a sort of you know a, a Premiership game away from home against a team that's that's going well, but also also right back in a system that demands a lot from you know both fullbacks. And I mean, I I was lucky enough to watch. Um, Rory for the, the Hibs under 18s when he was, I mean, he started playing for them when he was, I think, still 15. And much in the same way that I think Montgomery did when he watched him in that under 18s game earlier this season, you could see that there was something about him that he had a bit, um, you know, he had a bit more about him than some of the other players on the park. And you just thought, you know, yeah, there's, you know, there's a chance that, um, there's a chance that this kid's got something. But I think you know how how rapidly he was promoted to the first team was um, was quite a surprise. But you know it's it's a heck of a it's a heck of a compliment from from Montgomery for um, you know for Rory and you know we know that Montgomery has history of promoting players, young players, uh, and giving them a chance. I think he was at Mariners. It was possibly in the double figures for the number of players that he gave debuts to when they were sort of 16, 17, 18, 19. So you know. It's it's a tired cliche if you're you know if you're good enough you're old enough um, or old enough good enough I can't remember which way around it goes but you know I think you're right the first I was yeah okay um, <laughs> this is what this is what I'm talking about VAR does to me went to me a gibbering wreck for the rest of the video um, but yeah I think I think it's about it's about trust and it's it's trusting to not only play the way you want him to in the system, but also to give a good account of himself to, you know, stand up to sort of seasoned, seasoned professionals and, you know, guys with a lot more experience than him. I don't really recall him making any notable errors. Um, I mean, obviously, yeah, there's a couple of times he gives the ball away. Everyone in the team does that. But there were a couple of really sort of vital blocks and interceptions, um, both in the first half and the start of the second half. Um, and I just, I like the, when you watch him, he doesn't it doesn't play like a sixteen year old. Like sometimes you look at a sixteen year old um, you know, playing in like a, a first team match in the in the premiership and you think, yeah, he looks like a wee kid, you know, the strip's too big for him, he's skinny, he's, you know, quite clearly a teenager playing with guys, in some cases ten to fifteen years older than him. I don't I don't get that impression with Whitaker. I think you I think you said last night he does have this sort of maturity beyond his years. He's um, you know, very calm, very sort of very assured of himself. You see him on the touchline, like screaming for the ball, telling other players where to go, and and that's that's what you want from any of your players, but especially especially one with such sort of little experience compared to a lot of his teammates. And you know, I think you speak to some of the other players in the in that Hibs team, and they've all been really impressed with you know the way he's come in and he's sort of integrated himself. I suppose, although it was quite funny. I think there was um, you know back when he was just in the team. At the very beginning, I think he was still a little bit unsure about whether he could go in with the first team for for lunch at, at the training centre. Which I think, you know, is is maybe sort of like an indication that he's, you know, he's staying grounded. It's not the sort of like oh, I've made it, um, 
you know, and I think that's quite nice is that sort of, you know, not getting ahead of yourself, not getting carried away, recognising there's still, you know, there's still a lot of hard work to be done. But I mean, even you compare his first appearance coming on as a sub against St Johnston with, you know, last night starting the game. I don't, I don't think if you're the coaching staff, you're hesitating to start him again if, you know, if needed, if you want to. I think he gave a really good account of himself. And yeah, I mean, talk about trust from the coaching staff, but it's, can his teammates trust him as well? And, you know, I, th- I think the answer to both of those is, is a resounding yes, based on what we saw last night. Yeah, I thought he was really good. Um, he's quite, quite composed on the ball as well, I feel, for a, for somebody who's so young. I, I, don't, I didn't feel like at any point last night he was, you know, just in a hurry to get rid of it, which I'd imagine, you know, making your league debut, um, there must be a certain amount of nervous energy that comes with that. Um you know, a certain amount of getting hyped up, but I think it's to, to keep a such a level head um, as he did, I thought was probably the most impressive thing. Um, he didn't look, you know, he, I don't feel he got caught out too badly at any point. Maybe, as you say, maybe gave the ball away a couple of times, but again, who can you not say about that about? Sorry, um, in the team at the moment, and it's just it was it was it was an encouraging one. Um, I think for for Montgomery to know that you know he's a that he, that he can certainly turn to him in these kind of difficult games and be able to trust him. It was kind of vindication of bringing him into the squad um, so early, giving him a chance so early. Um, and I think it's it'll be it'll be good to watch how he develops from here. Obviously, he's going to make mistakes at some point. Being so young, they're going to come, they're going to happen. Um, but you would hope that he just continues to get the you know the sort of trust um, and confidence put in him by you know his teammates, his uh, the coaching staff because he does look as though he's he's you know he's got like a, a really bright future ahead of him. Um, I think it's important though that when you have you know when you have a young player like that that they're allowed to make mistakes that they're allowed to you know make those mistakes in big games because that's how they learn. Otherwise, you know you're you're not you're not doing your duty as a coach. You're not doing your duty as a, a manager. You know, it's. I think back to Josh Doig, obviously a little bit older, but you know, another situation where a young player is sort of thrown in uh, quite unexpectedly. And you know, granted, yes, it was the COVID season; there weren't any fans, and that probably probably helped him because he was able to make uh, mistakes without sort of fans getting on his back. Um, but I think, I think the Hibs fans just love seeing academy players coming up uh, and getting a chance in the in the first team and I think they're prepared to give him a little bit more leeway in terms of making mistakes and in terms of getting, you know, get to grips with, with first team football because, you know, they know they're going to be given a hundred percent. They're not making mistakes um, on purpose. You know, we saw Josh Landers make his league debut last night after making his senior debut at Hamden. And I think that's, I mean, there is a, there is an argument that part of this is down to necessity because Hibs are looking a little light. In terms of who they have available, um, you know, Christian Doidge not in the squad last night. Adam Lafondre um, facing an unspecified amount of time on the sidelines, still without Chris Cadden, Harry McCurdy, Jake Doyle Hayes, and you know that's on top of having players like Martin Boyle, Jimmy Jago, who you maybe not a hundred percent can can do the full ninety minutes. Um, you know, that's maybe another another point from from last night's game, but that's. That was in no way a kind of first choice Hibs team, and they came very close to beating a team that you know has I think only lost to to Celtic and Rangers in the league um, so far. And you know it's it's a difficult one because if you're if you're standing there as the manager and thinking we could really do with a, another goal here just to kind of wrap things up, I've got Martin Boyle on the bench, but what if I put him on and he breaks down and he faces a longer period out? 
you know, I think it's it's very much if you can if you can sort of get by without having to use a player who maybe isn't hundred percent, then you'll do that. Um, Montgomery's been very kind of very consistent in, in not wanting to take risks. You know, if a player isn't hundred percent, he won't risk them. And you know what? Up until the second minute of injury time last night, that was working. Um, you know, Boyle's obviously on the bench, but if you can avoid using him and giving him a bit more time to rest and recover so that he's ready to go for, for the weekend, then, you know, he's going to do that. Um, and, you know, I think it's also the fact that, you know, people say, you know, why was he bringing on Landers for Benta when he needed a, when Hibs needed a goal? Why didn't he put Boyle on? Why didn't he do this? Why didn't he do that? It's, you know, if Landers comes on and scores a third goal and Hibs win 3-1 or 3-2, then it's a genius tactical move. You know, it's it's one of those things. It's it's a kind of you know, it's a can't win situation for uh, for Montgomery. You know, you can you can't just sort of expect the same. The, the way they play, that you know, the high press, the the energy required. You're not going to get ninety minutes out of every player every week. You know, you're going to need to make changes to freshen things up. And mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that's going to work well. Other times, it's maybe not going to work so well. But you know, I think. I mean, the good thing about Josh Campbell's performance last night was that I think it. It sort of took some of the pressure off Venta. I think I think we spoke about this in our analysis that you know Venta lasted. I think that's the I think it's the second most or the sec- second largest amount of minutes he's played in a league game um, since you know since he signed. I think he played ninety minutes away to Hearts, um, and then I think it was eighty six minutes last night. And I think that's don't think it's coincidental that you know Campbell was running around like a you know like a man possessed at times. Gets his goal, could have had another one. He's maybe not, maybe not had sort of like such a such an opportunity like that under Montgomery so far. But I think he, I think he did well. I think, think his his energy and his sort of pressing really freed up Venta. He gets two assists as a result, and you know, I think at the moment it's you know there's a lot of talk about you know waiting until January when you know Montgomery can potentially bring in some of his own signings or you know players like Caden McCurdy, potentially Doyle Hayes are coming back. Um. But, you know, at the moment, Hibs don't have that luxury. And I think they're trying to, you know, they've got to try and make do with what they've got. And if that's not working, then you need to change it up. So if that's, instead of going for a straight 4 4 it's having a player playing, like in Campbell's case, as a second striker to sort of take a bit of the heat off Fenta and, you know, hope that that can get more goals, then you do that. If it's, you know, bringing in Rory Whitaker to, you know, kind of give Lewis Miller a chance to rest and maybe refocus then you know you're going to do that it's you know it's i think montgomery's probably probably doing a decent job in very difficult circumstances um you know the squad is looking light it's a case of nursing some players from game to game and managing them carefully managing their load i mean he's, he's spoken more than once about mark Boyle and how much football he's played not just domestically but internationally as well and you know him and Lewis Miller have been included in the the Socceroos squad for the upcoming international break as well. Rocky Bashiri is away with, um, with the Democratic Republic of Congo as well. So it's it's not just about domestic football; it's about international football as well. And you know, on top of that, you're trying to get results. You're trying to you know keep putting over your ideas, your tactics, how you want them to play. There's a lot going on, and I think I mean I don't I I really don't think Hibs would have would have got a positive result in that game under Lee Johnson. Um might have got a draw, but you know, I'm not sure they would have I'm not sure they would have played some of the football they played last night. I mean it was, you know, there was some very good play um at times. 
and I think that's you know that's got to be a positive. And yeah, I think it's they had the chances to score more goals. I think that's that really has to be the the kind of next step. That's what they're going to be working on on the training ground. Um, I know a lot of fans might balk at the idea of you know we're having to score three goals every game just to be sure of having a chance of winning, but. You know, I think I think when Montgomery said that last night, it was um, it was a little bit tongue in cheek. But I think you know it's it's difficult because it is a results business. But you know, certainly having watched Hibs under Lee Johnson last season and at the start of this season, and watching them under Montgomery, there have been improvements collectively, individually. Um, you know, Jair Tavares is the obvious one. I think we've seen improvements in Jimmy Jago uh, under Montgomery. I think we've seen improvements in Lewis Miller. And you know, I think I think that'll happen with a lot of players. Rock Bashiri is another one. You know, I think that's I think that will carry on. And I think you know, if Hibs have a full squad and they have you know depth on the bench, you've got Elias Melkerson coming back in um, in January as well, or in December, I think the the end of the Norwegian season. You know, there are there are going to be options um, for Hibs and for Montgomery, but at the moment, it it really just does feel. Really does feel like you know he can't catch a break. Um, mm-hmm. You know he's trying to trying everything he can to get results. Whether that's mixing up um, the front four, whether it's shaking up the midfield, whether it's trying things a little bit differently. You look at the short corners. That's obviously you know something they've been working on in training. Um, you look at the way last night they're sort of mixing up the the way they're taking goal kicks by getting Levitt involved instead of the centre halves. It's you know obviously you know Montgomery, Serge, they're all you know they're all working kind of double time to try and you know continue making progress to get these results. I think it's you know managers don't often get time in the modern game. But you know I, I think you know I think we said this at the start of the at the start of the show that it does feel that Hibs are not too far away from giving a team a, a proper doing when it just all clicks. Like some of the you know some of the play last night, you look at Yuan's run for the second goal, there was another Another couple of moves, especially in the second half, where it was sort of like you know just really effective touch passing, weren't too far away from uh, you know either getting a chance or from scoring. And you know I think Hibs fans will ideally want that to be Saturday, um, get a, a sort of positive result against Kilmarnock. But I think at this rate, you know they take a scrappy one 0 maybe even a VAR assisted uh, penalty. Um, but yeah, it, I think the difficult thing is that there is there is improvements, be, there are improvements being made. The team is on an upward trajectory. It's just it probably feels a little bit glacial at times, and you know I, th- I think I think the defence, for all it has improved since the start of the season, is still prone to a little bit of nonsense. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not necessarily talking about last night because you know it's it's one of those where the ball falls to the Saint player in the edge of the box. He hits it. Marshall's unsighted by two defenders trying to get in the way of it. On another night, one of them blocks it and, you know, hits it away with three points. But, you know, it's there's a lot of things to be worked on. And I think, you know, we talk about the scale of the, the job facing Montgomery. And I think, you know, it's becoming abundantly clear with each passing game just how much there is to work on. Um, you know, it's not just about setting up in a 4-4-2 and hoping for the best. You know, there's individual players needing, um, you know, a bit of love. There's certain things need worked on, whether it's set pieces, whether it's, you know, defensive structures, whatever. I think, you know, I just think there's a lot to work on here and, you know, signs are positive, but at the same time, he does, he does need to start winning games as well. I don't, I don't think it's, 
I think it'd be a bit of hyperbole to say he's under pressure. But I think he'll, he'll know as well that, you know, ideally he needs to start getting results. And, you know, I suppose the, the positive for him and for the fans is that it feels like they're not too far away from getting those results. They just have to nail down what it is that's stopping them from holding on to leads in these games. Um, and once, yeah, once they've sorted that, then I think, you know, I think we'll maybe see maybe see the start of a kind of positive run of results for Hibs in terms of, you know, more victories than than draws uh, and more draws than defeats. Yeah, I um, just, just before we finish up, mate, we had a question sent in um, with regards to any possible update on the situation with uh, Bill Foley. I know there's been, you know, kind of there was some rumours flying around last night, um, but your understanding of that is it's still very much as it was the previous week. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's, I think it's one of those situations where, you know, it'd be very easy for like an outlet to take what's already gone before and paint it as being slightly different. I mean, I think the, I can't remember where it was, was it an Italian outlet last night. It looked, it looked very similar to, to what was said um, in the lead up to the Ross County game. I, I don't think, I mean, it's, what's it been? It's been a week. Um, I, you know, I'd be very surprised if, if things had moved that quickly uh, in such a short space of time. Um, you know, I mean, it's, I think people, you know, people obviously hear things, people talk as well. Um, and I think, you know, you do get the odd, you do get the odd bit of information. Um, I think it's the same with transfers as well. Sometimes transfers are painted as being a little bit further down the road than, than they actually are. And it's, you know, there's all sorts of reasons for doing that, whether it's to put pressure on the player, to put pressure on the, the selling club um, or whatever. But yeah, I, I think, I think it's obviously still something that, you know, it's, it's not, it's not gone away. It's still very much there. Um, it's. I mean, it's it's a very. I think it's a very easy connection to make. Where you say, well, if somebody's somebody's sort of interested in taking uh, in acquiring a minority stake in in a club, then it, it kind of follows that perhaps over time they would want to, um, you know, they would want to gradually increase uh, the size of that stake. Um, and I think you know, going on going on what Foley said before, he has he has sort of admitted that he's not very good at being um, the kind of minority partner he's he likes to be in uh he likes to be in control he likes to be in charge I think he even described himself as a bit of a, di- a dictator so I think you, you can put two and two together and say well if he's you know if he's keen to keen to acquire a minority stake then it follows that you'll be keen to acquire a, a bigger stake over time and that's maybe that's true but I think I think at the moment it's you know it, it probably is still in its infancy for want of a better description um I don't think it's the kind of thing that can be rushed Obviously, there's interest there. There's been, we'll call them preliminary talks. Um, you know, and I think, you know, I think Hibs would obviously update fans um, if there's anything to update them on. Um, but at the moment, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's just one of those situations where there's obviously a lot of interest around it, um, partly because of you know Foley's background and partly because you know it's investment in a club. Um, you know, I've, I've seen figures on social media. I think everyone probably has. Um, but I, I think personally, I would be surprised if, if things have advanced that much since uh, since last week. But it's you know it's, it's certainly something that you know I think a lot of fans are interested in that we'll be keeping an eye on. That you know hopefully we will we'll be in a position to have you know an update if there is one uh, sooner rather than later. But you know I, I don't 
I don't really see there being a huge amount of a huge amount of change compared to, to where we were last week. Um, you know, still still a lot of discussions to be had um, about it. So, yeah, I don't I don't think that's moved on a lot since last week. Um, so, yeah, I think that's where we're where we're at with that. Um, and I look forward to you know him putting out a statement later today, which presumably <laughs> renders all of this useless. But hopefully not. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> Famous last words. Uh, yeah. It would, it would um, and, those, <laughs> uh, and on that note, those will be our last words um, for today, folks. Thank you very much, as always, for joining us. Um, we'll have more reaction and analysis on last night's game uh, to come throughout the day on the Hibs Observer website and on our social media channels so make sure you keep an eye on those for all the latest and as I said thanks again for joining us